we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. All right, and Mike is here, and as you can hear, probably and can tell, we are doing this virtually. <laughs> We're back to virtual. Back to virtual. Got another. Not for guest. any specific reason, but no, other no. than just convenience, not and because you know, we have to. And you know what, Mike? I think it's gonna. It's good to have, right? It's a nice little tool to have in our back pocket. Oh uh, yeah. For when we can't get out or for when schedules won't allow for everyone to meet up at the same place. Shout out to Microsoft Teams. I call it the Microsoft Teams hotline. <laughs> we've, been using this, we've been using this thing a lot uh, due to COVID-19. Yes. Um, but it's certainly a nice tool that we have developed. It's one of those things you didn't know you needed until you had to use it. And now it's like, you know what? This is a... Uh, this is, this is nice to have. It's nice to know that oh, we yeah. can uh, put, on, put on a show in this fashion. All right, guys, before we get started, I want to remind you, check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Visit HenricoCTE.com to learn about everything we got going on concerning Henrico's career and technical education programs. Go out, go there to check out uh, information on our summer polytech program for rising 6th through 12th graders being offered for the summer of 2021 we didn't have it 2020 so you have an opportunity to come and experience a sample size of some of our a center courses such as culinary which may be it might be appropriate because of the topic we're we're going to discuss here on this show automotive technology yep. nursing and more and that is more specifically henricocte.com forward slash the word summer hyphen programs forward slash so again that's in rico cte.com <laughs> forward slash the word summer hyphen programs forward slash and there you will get all the information you need about the summer programs that we have here in henrico cte the henrico cte world once you go to that page click summer polytech to get that information and you'll be guided into the right direction mike tell them where they can find the podcast you can find the podcast on all of your major podcast venues and most of your minor podcast venues, major including Spotify, iTunes, Google being what uh, where we get most of our traffic from. But uh, really, yeah, you still you uh, got plenty of other options uh, depending on whatever uh, venue you're using. You can find us. All right, guys, uh, let's go ahead and get to our guest here. And today we have with us virtually family and consumer science teacher at John Rolfe Middle School, now host of Kitchen Time. Kitchen Time, not spelled T-I-M-E, but T-H-Y-M-E. Like the, you guys get it, right? Like like the spice. Kitchen <laughs> Time, that may allude to what the show is actually about. And with us today is Mrs. Melinda Preston. How are you doing? And thank you so much for joining us here on Henrico CTE Now. I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me. Super excited to be here. And yeah, Kitchen time. I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, kitchen time and uh, the time will come. We're going to have all kinds of time funds for the show today. <laughs> okay, no, we won't do that to you. The time will come for us to talk about kitchen time. But before that, Mrs. Preston, I want to talk a little bit about you. How did you get into teaching and how long have you been doing it? So I got 
got into teaching um, a while back ago. I have an older sister with some kids who were really struggling in school. And she would call me crying all the time saying the kids, teachers hate them. They don't get it. They don't understand. And it just broke my heart. So I wanted to help and started looking up fun engagement ideas for her little kids, like phonics games and things, and realized I really enjoyed it. I not only loved like researching it, but actually doing it. And then I started teaching Sunday school, and then that led to kids' church at WEAG, teaching all the time. And then I realized I was hooked, and I decided I wanted to go into teaching. So I got my master's at Mary Baldwin in 2010, and I've been teaching ever since. All right, so it sounds like you fell into the teaching profession. You kind of caught the teaching bug, as it were. So what were you doing prior to teaching? So prior to teaching, I was um, in finances. I was in child development, you know, just trying to figure it out. It's really funny because I told my stepmom and my dad that I was going to be a teacher, and my stepmom was like, you don't even like kids. <laughs> I was like, well, that was like when I was a teenager. Life changes. <laughs> so it was, right. it was kind of one of those really funny things that nobody expected life to turn that way. You know, and Mike, that's something that we find out uh, a lot when we talk to professionals in the field. And uh, we ask the question, it's a running theme on this show, uh, Mrs. Preston, uh, to talk about your career path. And it, it's to show an example that Career paths aren't always straightforward, right? You don't always come out of high school thinking you're going to do this and end up, you know, 20 years down the line doing what you thought you were doing in high school. And that is perfectly okay. I think I think what we have found over the three seasons we've been doing this is the vast majority of people have are when when it talks about the career they're doing at this moment is not necessarily where they had planned and things just happen that way and they're and they're happier for it. Um, they're really enjoying what they're doing as they explore the different careers through their school years um, that they find out and weed out the the things that aren't not likely to become their careers and, and have them push aside and move on to the next thing and find out where it is they really want to be. Yeah, no, sometimes the only way to find out what you want to do or what you don't want to do is by actually doing it. I think that's the best yes. way to oh, actually yes. find out if, if it's really uh, for you or not. Uh, but Mrs. Preston, how long have you been with the county and had you always been a family and consumer science teacher? Looking, um, I actually, when I was in school, thought I was going to be a second grade teacher. Like that was what I wanted to do. I had gotten all the stuff to be a second grade teacher, did all of my practicums for second grade. And like they made me do sixth grade and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> So it was kind of crazy. I never really thought I would end up in middle school teaching facts. But when I look back on all of the experiences that I had done throughout my life, it was the perfect umbrella. I had met like every single one of those competencies and I was completely qualified to do it, um, jumped into it and I just absolutely love it now. So I've been in the county, I think this is my fifth year okay. as a facts teacher and love it. All right, so glad you're loving it. And we can tell uh, by your dynamic teaching style. And I've watched a couple episodes of Kitchen Time, and I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about Kitchen Time here in a minute. I can tell how passionate you are uh, about the subject. And uh, Kitchen Time being an online show or a virtual show, uh, but really that's been the story of the entire, just about the entire year since uh, 
since what March of last year for teachers and really this entire school year. So what is it? What has it been like teaching facts or teaching family consumer science classes in COVID? How have you been able to innovate? So it's been crazy. Um, luckily for me, Mrs. Mason reached out to me last summer, right when all this crazy stuff was happening, probably in like April or something yeah. of last year, and was like, hey, I need to get a group of people together to write the curriculum for facts virtual for next year. And I was like, I don't think I'm qualified for that. And she was like, no, you're amazing at it and you need to try it. I was like, okay, well, so I started doing it and realized, oh, wait, I actually really like this because I'm researching again and I'm developing all this great curriculum, putting things together, making it like collaborative and not all teacher led. So luckily I had that under my belt going in. So the hard stuff was done. It wasn't as intimidating going in. And luckily I'm in ALA this year. So the Aspiring Leaders Academy and they had signed us all up with a day with Doug Fisher. So we got to hear firsthand about the distance learning playbook. So many great tips throughout that. Um, got inspired to go back. Was doing it pretty well, you know, a little tricky here and there trying to get students engaged. Um, and then we hear virtual hybrid. Oh my gosh, what is that? Right. So luckily Drew Baker and Enrico you were totally on board with like helping us get everything ready and get prepared for students in the classroom and doing everything virtually. Um, it's been a crazy and wild experience. I can't say it has all been daisies and roses, but I feel like we've all grown so much professionally not only like me, but like the students too, knowing what they can really do. So yeah, engagement has been like back and forth. And that's actually what I'm presenting on Monday with my ALA research paper. So. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys were able to navigate that because, because Mike, I mean, that couldn't have been easy. Talk about a change and talk about an adjustment. Going from face to face, then going from virtual uh, most of the time, then having this hybrid uh virtual and in person, uh, depending yeah, on what the students and parents decide. Yeah, it's nothing that they, that any teacher could have planned for because we've never done it before. It's, it's you know, I just can't imagine the teachers having to figure this out and uh, get it planned, get it implemented and 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 having to deal with the the, the day to day. That has got to be the hardest part is, you know, planning is one thing, but actually dealing with the day-to-day -day and working with the students and figuring out well we had this is a great idea but it, it doesn't seem to be working we're going to have to make a change and, and just the, the constant racking your brain for that next idea and i think that i'm assuming that is that where kitchen time kind of came from uh, that trying to come up with another I idea to engage the students it is actually so kitchen time came to be because my principal mrs george had said hey, we need some Wellness Wednesday ideas because Wellness Wednesday, as you all know, is the day where kids just chill at home. So we really wanted to get them to school. And I had brought her, my kids in the classroom had made like a little dish and I had made some extras to show them. And I brought it to her office and she was like, hey, I need you to do a, a kitchen commercial, a kitchen spot on Wellness Wednesday. And I was like, um, okay, don't really know what you're talking about, but." I'll think about it. 
So that was kind of where it all started. I, I didn't know if she was like kidding or if she was serious. So yeah, from that point, like the brainchild kind of exploded from there. Yeah. And you guys have uh, a few episodes under your belt. Actually, I actually have the list up here. You guys have been doing this since April 21st. Started with um, Kitchen Safety and Philo Cups, Pizza Pizza, which is my favorite, one of my favorite uh, titles that you have here. That was on April 28th. And you had the Cinco de Mayo celebration. And then oh so cheesy um, is your most recent episode, right? And what were what were you guys cooking on the most recent episode? Oh so oh so cheesy. Um, I had I had this really great elaborate idea to do, and then when I started thinking about it, I was like, no, the kids aren't <laughs> gonna do this. They aren't gonna make this. And then I was like, it would be fun and healthy and nutritious, but really kitchen time is about tips, tricks, and fast food fixes. So we did um, grilled cheese fingers, I guess you could say, which was really fun. You can like dip them in soup. We did uh, cheesy monkey bread, super delicious. And there was one other one, and I honestly can't remember what it was. I recorded it on Mother's Day out of all days. <laughs> <laughs> and from my understanding, you, you, uh, you make mention of it in your show often that you do have, have children of your own. Do they help you? Did they help you plan for kitchen time at all, or did they help you prepare for it at all? They don't. Um, luckily, I have an amazing husband, and he actually takes them out of the house during these <laughs> times. Because I don't think I could do this with a four-year-old and an eight-year-old in my kitchen. Fair point. Um, so I had my middle school kids come up with some ideas, and also after teaching facts for a few years, I had an idea of what kids liked, and then my own children so I'm always like getting my kids in the kitchen with me and we're making stuff together because for me, cooking is about family time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hopefully on, on Mother's Day, they, they cook for you instead, right? I mean, come on. I mean, you got to flip the role. You know, they <laughs> did try to make me make them banana pancakes on Mother's Day. <laughs> not, no, oh. not, not you making banana pancakes. Come on. Come on, guys. What is Kitchen Time? Who's Kitchen Time's target audience? I mean, this is an opportunity for the students to get involved, but maybe even the parents or guardians there as well? I would say Kitchen Time's target audience is middle school children and really families, like anybody who wants to do something together as a family because it's all fun foods. Like my eight-year-old and four-year-old love these too. So if you're interested in doing some fast food fixes together as a family, check it out. I actually even had a teacher come last week and she said she had learned some knife skills. So, you know, it's really for anybody who wants to learn. Have you gotten some feedback from any adults that are starting to watch it too, who are watching it with their children maybe? My principal said that she watched it, Mrs. George, and she learned some knife skills and some tricks and was like doing a show with her grandchildren like through like video chat and was like, so this is how you do it. And she said she totally <laughs> stole my stuff, but she loved it and they learned so much. So that was really great to hear. That Sometimes awesome. kids will send me like little pictures of things that they've made, but I really haven't talked to too many other adults about it. Okay. Well, if the, if the kids send you pictures, go ahead and bother Mike for it. We'll, we'll get you his information uh, <laughs> after, after the show so you can bother Mike and send the pictures of the stuff that the kids are actually making at home. I give you some social media credit. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll at you. We'll, you know, we'll add you, yeah. we'll tag you, whatever it is that social media platform will, will require. 
So uh, would you recommend uh, parents and guardians getting in on the fun, right? I mean, is that something you guys encourage? Absolutely, because cooking is family time. Like, the kitchen is where it all comes together. Any kind of gathering, where does everybody always end up? The kitchen. Yeah. So kitchen time is the heart. You want to spend family time together while you're doing kitchen time. Make things together. Um, I try to create recipes that people should already have in their house. So you're not, you don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of things. But yeah, so kids and parents make it together. And it's just this great experience that you get to share and enjoy together. Making more memories. So how do you think mm-hmm. students benefit ultimately from participating or even watching Kitchen Time? So really, I feel like students benefit from it because not only is it synchronous, but it's also asynchronous. So a lot of students aren't really comfortable, like even turning on their cameras and don't really want to come to something they're not familiar with. But once they like watch it a few times, they start to get comfortable with it, get the feeling, and then they can watch it, talk to their parents about it, and then start making dishes together. I think it's just kind of a step outside of the classroom because it's not really we have to do this now. It's just people having fun and doing something where it's reality. It's more hands on, right? So it's interactive in a way. Mm -hmm. And I think that can possibly be engaging as well, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So anytime we can get students to do hands on activities, project based learning is always super because that's where we learn. Like, I don't know about you all. But I learned through failing. And the first time I got in the kitchen, I wasn't great at it. I didn't know timing. I burned stuff. Um, my husband laughs at me to this day because I can't make toast. I burn it every time. I don't know what it is. I walk away and forget it. So you just learn. And like the best experiences in life are your failures that you learn from. I've actually trained my son to tell me before the toast burns now. So see, I've there learned. You go. Hey, look, you got to know your strengths. You got to know your strengths. And uh, I can't I can't laugh at you because uh, I struggle. My culinary skills peak at rice cooker, microwave, and air fryer. That's about where I stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is a perfect example of the benefit of CTE programs to the middle and high school level, all the way to the ACE Center and everything else, and even post-secondary career and technical education training, where it's not just your typical class. You get a lot more hands-on than you're going to get in any other type of class. And I think that students really need to be thinking about that when they go to choose these types of electives. They're learning by trying and getting that knowledge. And it's it's just, you know, it's much, I think for me, I know growing up that that was what I really enjoyed was was doing it by hands on myself. Failing is not fun. I don't think anybody really enjoys failing. And if somebody tells you they enjoy failing, uh, that's a half truth right there. <laughs> I, I think uh, you learn better by failing. You do. I think that you, I think that you. Good lessons. Yes. I think it teaches the better lesson in many cases. You know, you learn what not to do and what you will do better next time. So Mrs. Preston, I I don't know if you guys keep any analytics on the show, but what would you say is, and maybe you can even talk about your favorite episode that you got done so far, maybe your favorite episode that you're going to do, or maybe one of the more popular episodes that students have enjoyed. I really liked um, when we had our guest Chef, I don't know oh, if you saw that one. Eggs away. Yeah, um, so we did a cross curricular opportunity and I got the Spanish teacher involved. 
So it was really cool. She came in um, again. I had a mishap there. It was a blooper. I forgot to switch my screen from <laughs> screen share to her when she was telling everybody the history of Cinco de Mayo. But then luckily, like right when her cooking started and she started telling everybody all the Spanish words for the food she was doing, yeah. I got it back on track. Um, <laughs> but that was just fun and different. I love eggs. So we put eggs and avocados together and did a few different things that are just kind of fun and a unique way of looking at eggs in the kitchen. Yeah, so uh, I, I eat guacamole a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily eat eggs, me being a, a vegan. Okay, everybody don't boo at, you know, at once. Boo. But I do enjoy, <laughs> I, I do enjoy uh, guacamole, and I thought that was a, a pretty cool lesson, especially when you bring the history uh, of Cinco de Mayo into it. And you had a little Spanish vocabulary thrown in the mix there, even though I, uh, I took about three years of Spanish. I don't remember too much of it. If you don't use it, you lose it. So if you want to remember your foreign languages, guys, please, please use it. Please use it. But just an example of how innovative you guys really are on, on Kitchen Time. So how do you think programs like Kitchen Time add to a student's virtual learning experience? I feel like it just inspires them to do a little bit more. We have so many kids that want to be YouTubers, but don't actually think it through. So, I mean, having kind of a, I'm going to have to say on the fly kitchen show. I mean, it's me in the kitchen with my laptop, not three cameras, not a food editor or a food stylist. Right. And just going with it. So it can inspire them to be creative and try different things. The really cool thing about it is like when the show's over, I tell the kids, okay, the recording stopped and then they all turn on their cameras and we talk and we talk about like what they learned, what they're going to make, what they're going to tell their parents about. And it's just, you can hear like all the aha moments and the bings and the, the excitement in the air. So I just love that. Love that they're excited and the hands-on piece is just spectacular. Yeah, and that seems like an uh, experience you would only get in uh, something with the hands-on component, much like our CTE courses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that cooking alone is something that leads to experimentation. Bringing in the Spanish teacher and letting the C kids pairing up foods that maybe somebody not, even as an adult, you might not have thought of, of putting them together. You know, but a, a young person who's just starting to learn these things and, and learn how to cook for themselves a little bit and I know that my experience in the kitchen and, and when I, I like to cook on the weekends and during the week, um, sometimes even when my wife is making something for her, I like to make something for myself. And and I like to try things to be experimental. I tested on my wife and she's like, you know what? I like this one. I didn't like last week's. And I'm sure, Rashawn, with you being a, a vegan, it leads to even a more experimentation because – yeah, there's other people doing what you do. Yeah, but you, you know, there's a lot more opportunity for you to try different things out than 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 other types of cooking. You know, the traditional ways. Absolutely. Uh, you know, me being a vegan and having the limited skill set that I have <laughs> makes me wish I took a family and <laughs> consumer science class and really, really got an opportunity to learn a little bit more about uh, the kitchen. And we never really got a definition down for family and consumer sciences. So, Mrs. Preston, could you do the honors? Could you break down what family and consumer sciences is really all about and what is it? So I like to, from my elevator speech, say family and consumer sciences is the facts of life. So life skills 101, adulting 101, it's here. 
We're going to teach you how to be life ready, professionalism, workplace readiness, those self-care skills, how to manage yourself and build family relationships, nutrition and wellness. So not just cooking, ladies and gentlemen, nutrition and wellness, how to be healthy. We do like collaborations with the health courses for that clothing, uh, money management. When I'm saying clothing and money management, let's not go out and spend all of our money on one pair of jeans. And let's figure out how to budget and save our money. If we get a little button off, how are we going to fix it? We can fix that ourselves. We don't have to go pay somebody for that. And most importantly, we're going to teach kids how to be life ready for those careers and through like FCCLA, which is our career and technical student organization, we're going to really develop those leadership skills and hone in so that we are creating an individual that someone wants to hire. Absolutely. We want it so students leave here enrolled, enlisted or employed. Family and consumer science is definitely one of those areas where you earn skills uh, that will help you be life ready and really skills uh, uh, that will last you a lifetime. That's one of the things uh, about CTE, right, Mike? Yes. I mean, our mantra about being enlisted and enrolled or employed is, I think, so important when you when you actually think about how all these programs are getting you ready for one or 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 all three of uh, can be for all three of those different options. Um, I think it's it's so important to understand the importance of career and technical education in schools today, where you know it really needs to the parents and the students really need to be thinking about that these as as serious options for them for their students. Right. And, you know, if they don't go into one of the lines of work in the in the area of study that we offer, at least again, you have those skills that uh, last you a lifetime. So uh, you mentioned a lot of different things, Mrs. Preston, when you were explaining what family and consumer sciences is. So it's it's definitely a lot more than cooking. So what kind of classes do you teach? So I teach uh, facts one through three. So teen living six, teen living seven, independent living eight. And then I used to teach facts three, which is a full year can be a seventh grade course or an eighth grade course. And basically we have, I don't know, anywhere between 90 to 120 competencies. That would be like SOL strands right. for anybody not in CTE. And so we have all these to teach and within the framework, um, we're just touching on each of those little things I said. If you're in sixth grade, you're only in there for like nine weeks. So it's real quick. You get like a day in each one. <laughs> Seventh grade is half a semester, so I'm going to spend maybe like a week on each one, hopefully longer if we can. And then you get eighth grade where we are just blowing it up full year, spending so much time on developing those skills that they need to be life ready. Right. I mean, and all of those skills are important to uh, putting out a well-rounded citizen. You mentioned sewing on buttons. Mike knows how I dress. I wear, I love business clothes. I love suits. <laughs> and a lot of the stuff and a lot of alterations that I have to get, uh, such as pants fitting, you know what I mean? Your waistline or just things that if you know how to sew, I'm missing a button on a pair of pants that I like right now. And I don't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> if I had taken a family consumer sciences class, I would have been more equipped to put that button right on. I think it's important that, that students realize the types of life skills they're learning from from facts classes. Um, these are the everyday things that that a lot of students don't think of, uh, are, are, and it, 
even later on don't even think they're important until they occur, until there's a, an, an issue arises. Right. And it's just so nice to be able to go back and say, oh, I already – I know how to do that. I know how to uh, handle a budget. I know how to, to budget for clothes, purchasing food, purchasing how to eat healthy. I mean just down the line. I mean it, these are things that as adults people struggle with, much less you know a, a young student. And, and and to start it at an early age I think it may, is very, very important. It's a lot of things that I think might have been overlooked in the past, and I'm, it's good that, that it's got a very strong foundation for students in, in Henrico County. Right, and, and certainly those kids are going to have a more of a head start than me in those areas because <laughs> yes. I did not uh, <laughs> focus on that in middle school or even in high school because we have facts classes in high school um, as well. So, Ms. Preston, let me ask you this. How do you, how do you think we can better inform students and parents about the importance of CTE programs, about the importance of facts? Um, I really think we need to do more community involvement activities. I know we do so much like signing day and all those, but we really um, need to get out there more. In the schools, we have curriculum nights and we're telling people about the classes, but it's like the parents that almost have to take them. So it's not really an outreach like we need. If you remember back a few years ago, we had the huge symposium at the Science Museum for STEAM night and all sorts of people from the community came. I think we just need to do more like big community ideas and involvements versus things that are just in our little clusters or our little shells, but really branch out and start bringing people in. Right. So people can come see it, uh, you know, touch it and maybe try some things out and say, oh, OK, this is what they're learning when they're taking a facts class. Mm-hmm. In, in the age of hybrid learning, in the age of virtual learning. And so what are some steps teachers can take to make virtual learning more engaging, much like the idea of kitchen time, which it seems like the students do enjoy and receive well? Yeah, so virtual hybrid for Enrico is supposed to end this year because the virtual learning academy is coming to fruition. So if virtual is where you want to go, I'm going to strongly recommend looking at the distance learning playbook. And I'm going to honestly say be real because students can smell fake 100 miles away. So build up those relationships, set those norms. Really important to get those kids involved in like setting the standards of your classroom. What's it gonna look like? Do it together. Having those discussions on and off the camera so that like even before kids get into the classroom, you're just meeting with them. You're learning about them and it's not everybody listening in having collaboration opportunities which is pretty hard in the virtual setting but you can still do it you can do breakout rooms and just kind of be listening over doing google docs google slides spark and i think really the most important thing and this is key and even i struggle with it is getting the kids to turn on their cameras because once that happens everybody's engaged and you can all kind of have eye contact but you know it just makes it simpler and easier for everybody. So engagement is really a two-way street. Like the kids have to want it and the teachers have to want it. Just being excited and trying to bring that charisma in. Yeah, and I, I know that probably helps the teachers as well when the cameras are on. Uh, I can feel kind of lonely out there. And that's why I give you guys such a huge round of applause for teaching. You know, sometimes you're not even teaching to people with their cameras on. You know, you might be teaching to that weird anonymous block that you have there with the name underneath it and you know you just miss 
so much of the face-to-face interaction that social so many social cues that we take by being in person uh you mentioned kids can really tell when you're faking they really can and they definitely appreciate it when they can tell that you care and they work a little bit harder too when they can tell that you care so yeah you're right on with that i also think rashawn that when i'm sure the same way with the teachers i know that when we've done the uh, virtual recruiting that the the classrooms where the 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 students with their they have their cameras on it's a lot easier to engage the students when you're looking at their face other than their initials you know in a circle (laughs) you know it's 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 hard to just like when we're doing it live you got to read the room you know but if you get see any faces and you've got everybody's microphones turned off there's no room to read (laughs) yeah it's it's hard it's hard to read the room um you know everybody's not gonna have their camera on uh but a huge shout out to teachers like you miss preston uh, we got some really, really good ones in Henrico County. I should know. I graduated from Henrico High School in 2010. Uh, so I got a chance to hang out with some pretty cool teachers during my time uh, there at Henrico High School. But, uh, Ms. Preston, we're not going to hold you too much longer. I want you to tell people where they can find Kitchen Time, what time you guys post, and all that stuff. We typically try to go live on Wednesdays um, between 9.30 and 10.30, but because of SOL testing, we are all in the building now on Wednesdays. So I am doing pre-recordings and posting them on Wednesdays at 9.30. So we have this awesome Google Doc right there, this awesome flyer uh, with the link to all the shows. And we will have Mike post those uh, at the latest on the Friday after Wednesdays that they go live. So you guys can get an opportunity to try out some of these recipes at home. Again, I want to send a huge thank you out to Mrs. Preston for coming out and sharing her knowledge with us and uh, for doing Kitchen Time. Such an innovative idea. I thought it was awesome uh, when Mac pushed it my way. I said, yeah, we got to we got to do a show uh, about Kitchen Time. I thought it was one of, you know, in the age of virtual learning, I thought it was such a good idea to keep the students engaged and keep them excited about CTE topics, guys. All right. So going to bring the show to a close, but I want to remind you to check us out on our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn, all at the handle HenricoCTE. Visit HenricoCTE.com forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash. All right, I got that right this time. Yep. <laughs> you got there it right you this will, time. Got it right this time. There you'll be able to find information about our summer polytech program for rising sixth through 12th graders. And it's being offered uh, this summer. Again, it was not being, it was not offered last summer, 2020 for obvious reasons. So come and experience the sample size of some of our A-Center courses. Uh, you may be able to check out culinary if you're interested in cooking. Uh, my thoughts are that you might be if you're listening to this episode. So uh, we have culinary, we have hospitality. I think they do a little bit of, of cooking in there as well. And we have other courses that you might be interested in. Go to HenricoCTE.com to find all that information. More specifically, HenricoCTE.com forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash. And there you'll find all the information you need to put you in the right place to sign up for Summer Polytech. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. Find the podcast on uh, all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues. Like and subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Uh, We put out one every other week um, or every couple weeks, so twice a month. So uh, please keep a lookout. We're in our third season looking to get some more subscribers. Looking to get some more subscribers. And thank you guys to all the subscribers who have already subscribed. Thank you for subscribing <laughs> and hanging out <laughs> with us here uh, when we post 1130 pretty much bi-weekly every other week. Yes. Thank you guys 
uh, so much. But that's it for us, for Miss Preston, for Mike Roberts. I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been Enrico CTA. Now, until next time, so long, everyone.